This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, Every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast... Our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 92. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you're feeling good. Hope you've been taking care of yourself. As I'm recording this, I'm getting ready to leave for Texas to go to my little sister's wedding. So by the time you hear this, I will have already been back because <laughs> I had to record episodes beforehand. But it really made me think about how we can consciously move into environments or situations that we know we might get sensitive in and have extra tools to deal with that. Because, you know, when you visit your parents or your caretakers or visit your past, it's really easy to get triggered, right? It's really easy to fall into like, I'm 12 years old again. And my mom just said something that hurt my feelings. And we all, we all know what that's like, but we can also bring tools within us in order to help us deal with those triggers and like decide maybe I don't really need to go on that path. And so I decided to get a new crystal that represents my joy so that Anytime I'm feeling sad or anxious, which could probably start on the plane because I get anxious on the plane, I can hold that crystal and be like, oh yeah, I have joy. Joy is just as important of a tool in our healing as understanding our pain. Understanding how to access the joy within us and what gives me joy isn't necessarily like outside things, but it's the realization that no matter what comes up, all of those feelings are okay, that they always have been okay, that I have always been okay. And so my joy really comes from understanding that I have the power and I have the permission to be okay with myself, no matter what happens. So that's where I'm sourcing my joy. My joy comes from knowing that I'm whole and that I'm okay. That might not seem that exciting, (laughs) but for me, it's a big deal. It really is. It's a big deal for me to let myself feel joyous about who I am. And I would encourage all of you to look at the joy of simply just being who you are. The joy of being. I love it. I love it. And we are such magical creatures. You know, that's also what happens when I get taken to that place within myself, when I connect to my higher self, I can really see, wow, we are so amazing. We're like these beautiful creatures who can be creative, who can be innovative, who can feel each other's pain, who can feel each other's pleasure, who can dream, who can make music and art and 
can laugh. We are really, truly amazing. Imagine if you were like an alien visiting from another planet and you had no concept of who we are, like in just our essential being. And you saw like, oh my gosh, look at all the things that they can do. <laughs> look at all of the complexities of their minds and the beauty of their hearts. And with that, let's get to the questions. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. I thought I'd email you because I've been trying to hire self this question for weeks now and I really don't know what to do. So I have not had sex in nine months since I got sober from drugs and began taking my healing journey seriously. I realized I actually had a lot of trauma being intimate with men and in some settings seeing sex as a chore and not caring what was done to my body and just switch off. I used to be a very sexual person or so I thought. Maybe I was just seeking the male validation, or maybe I actually liked sex and didn't have it with the right people, or in the right frame of mind. I'm in a pretty good place right now with my life and my mental health, as well as my spiritual journey. As far as relationships go, I'm not ready because I'm still very codependent and I get attached quite easily to men I sleep with. I'm working on this with my therapist. But this last three months, I have not stopped thinking about sex. I'm not ready to delve into a relationship because it's too much for me now, but I just want to have some fun and not think about it too much. I've been asking myself, can I do that? And I honestly don't know what the answer is. I really want to have sex with someone for fun, but I don't know if it will make me feel empowered or maybe bring up some old trauma. I don't even know if I'm the type of person who can have casual sex because of my anxiety and codependency. Do you know how I can explore this safely without making a guy think I'm looking for a relationship? I've been so on the fence about it. TMI, my hormones are going crazy. I was very sexually active before and I have always been a very sex positive person as I used to do OnlyFans and strip. I don't do them anymore now. I don't want to wait until I have a relationship again to have sex because I think it will be a while. I still have occasional anxiety attacks and some triggers, but there are less now. I actually went on a date last week, but I couldn't bring myself to sleep with him for some reason. Anyway, if you read this far, thank you, and I'd really love to hear your view on this. Sending love. Hi, sweetheart. Well, first of all, I want to say congratulations on your sobriety and your healing journey. That is so amazing. You're doing awesome. You're going to therapy. You're doing the inner work. I really hope that you're proud of yourself because you really should be. Part of being on this healing journey and connecting with our higher self is learning how to trust our intuition and trust where our hearts are guiding us. We're not used to doing that. We're used to listening to what society says we should do or trying to get outside validation or trying to feel enough in terms of a certain beauty standard or needing validation of the patriarchy. We're used to seeing ourselves through this hierarchical lens. And so as we heal, as we unlearn our conditioning, as we tend to our wounds, it's really the process of okay, like getting to know myself, like truly, like really accessing what it is that I want what it is that brings me joy, what it is that makes me feel safe, what boundaries I need. Listening to that part of ourselves, that guidance, isn't easy to do. And it takes a lot of practice. And from what I heard from your letter, when you said there's a part of you 
that was like, I'm not ready for this. I thought, okay, this person and a lot of us are used to not listening to our bodies, right? We're used to going with what we think we're supposed to do. And so it's really easy not to trust our nose. It's really easy to question why we don't want something when everything tells us that we should, right? We should want to be able to just enjoy sex and move on and be okay and and keep it moving. But our sexuality and our connection to our eroticism is a spiritual connection. We grew up in a culture that shamed us for our sexuality, that told us if we were socialized female that we need to be sexually available to men while at the same time made us feel guilty for being attractive. There's so much in that conditioning that it takes time for us to peel back those layers and really know who we are as spiritual sexual beings. And there's a lot of sexual spiritual divine practices that go back to ancient times because when we are one with our spiritual energy, we can connect to higher states of consciousness and access a wisdom within us that is absolutely beautiful. And that's part of the reason why that side of us has been so oppressed because it is so empowering. And if people are feeling empowered in who they are, they question oppression. Okay, so it's not an accident that a lot of us are disconnected from our erotic power. The reason why I think it's important to hone in on our sexual healing and our sexual power before we get ourselves into a situation that feels vulnerable is because it's like going into a place and not really knowing what it is that you want, not really knowing the boundaries that you need, not really knowing what gives you joy, not really knowing what type of connection feels deep to you and meaningful to you. And that doesn't mean every connection needs to be about a long-term commitment. No, not at all. Casual sex can be deeply spiritual. What makes it deeply spiritual is you being connected to your spirit. And so if you're in a place where you don't quite feel like your higher self is in the bedroom with you, then that can be an emotionally unsafe place where you aren't protected. So I want all of us, including me, to ask ourselves, how do I bring my higher self into my sexual experiences? What would that look like? What does it look like to know that I'm enough, that I don't need that outside validation, that my body is beautiful, that within me is this awesome, divine, creative sexual energy that wants to be let out and expressed, that my body is connected to my ancestors, that each shape of it is part of that lineage and is deserving of honor and is sacred. This is the higher self wisdom that we have to own. That's part of our journey. We bring our higher selves everywhere. Because our higher selves are telling us yes or no. No, don't go there. Yes, here's good. This, this space reflects your value. You're in the right state of mind. So I want you to feel empowered in your sexual experiences. And I know that it takes time to get to that place. But that's okay. It's okay because it's worth it. It's worth 
taking the time to heal. In the long run, it's going to make those experiences so much more joyful, so much more pleasurable, and you're absolutely worth it. Sending lots of love. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, An Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. The following question is from an email. Hey Bunny, I've been with my current partner for almost a year and he's super amazing and I think we are very compatible at this point in our journeys. Sometimes I think I compare how I feel with my new partner to how I felt in my past relationships. In my first relationship, I felt so many highs and lows which I equated with love and I know now that was more attachment codependency mixed in with love. I don't feel super highs and very lows with this new person, which is a good sign, but sometimes I find myself questioning, what does love feel like? I don't constantly think about my partner. Does that mean I don't love them as much as other partners because I'm less attached? But I know I do love them. It feels different though. I know there may not be a straightforward answer and that's okay. I would love any higher self perspective you may have. Hi, babe. You're absolutely right. Love isn't about attachment. It isn't about ownership. It's so healthy to not have to think about your partner all of the time, to have space in your life for other things. That actually creates sustainability. And when we're too codependent or when we don't have other support in our lives, other relationships and more balance, Relationships crumble under the pressure and that's why so many of them end because we're putting so much pressure on our relationships and our partners to be all of these people in our life, to be our therapist, to be our best friend, to be our parent, to be our lover. And that comes from a tradition of this nuclear family unit perspective. We went from extended family units before the Industrial Revolution to nuclear family because now people had the money or there's factory jobs, they could leave the family farms, they could leave the family business and form these smaller families. And it created a lot more independence, which is beautiful. But it also created a situation where now families could only rely on themselves. Whereas before you had aunties and uncles and cousins to take care of the kids and do this or to give you perspective on that. And it was kind of more of a community. Now with this nuclear family ideal that American culture has created, it's like all about the romantic partner. That's all you really need is to find the one. And it's no wonder why 60% of marriages end in divorce, because it buckles under that pressure, under that false narrative that that's all you need. And so when I hear you say that it feels different, that makes a lot of sense. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't tend to the relationship. That doesn't mean that you don't put in effort to create 
more passion, more excitement, more joy. Because a relationship is like two people collaborating on a project and it needs tending to, it needs watering the garden. So if you sense that there's something lacking, what would it look like for you to switch it up, do something new, try something new together, get out of your patterns? I don't know, maybe take a dance class together or try something new in the bedroom. You know, all of that kind of thing is really, really healthy. It's good to explore stuff and grow and evolve together. So you're absolutely right. Drama does not equal love. The reason why it's extreme highs and lows is because the low was so hurtful that the high feels so far away from the low. So that's why it feels like there's this extreme space. Yeah, it's going to feel like an extreme high when you're feeling really good, when so often you feel bad. But if you're feeling good all of the time, it doesn't feel extreme because you're getting used to it. Love is safety. Love is peace, equanimity. And if you're not used to that type of peace, it can feel really uncomfortable. Like something must be wrong. (laughs) I have no drama. It takes time to get used to that. It takes time to just feel safe. We want to look for a problem. But I'm really happy for you that you're in a great relationship. You can always spice it up get creative, find new ways of expressing that love. That's so wonderful. It really is. The great part about a stable relationship is that it has room to evolve. When you're in an up and down thing, it's like you're bouncing around in one room up and down, like a ball that's like bouncing, hitting the wall, ceiling. And it feels very active because you're just bouncing around in the same space. But a stable relationship is growing beyond the wall, up to the sky, reaching the sun, feeling the warmth. So just enjoy it. Hey, Bunny. Hey, Kara. You know what's cool about this podcast? What? That we get to help people and bring them together. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But we need help too, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, we do. I mean, everybody does, right? For access to bonus content and to help support this podcast, please become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash exo higher self. We couldn't do this work without you. Our Patreon and our subscribers are keeping this podcast sustainable. So don't forget to show your love. Everybody needs help and support. Thanks, y'all. Hey, Bunny. So, been following you for many years now, and I'm always keeping up with your podcast, and I'm always, of course, keeping up with those. So, I'm reaching out because I had a recent difficult situation, job-related, and figured it might not just help me, but help other people who might have had a similar experience. But I got fired from a part-time job recently, and it's the first time I've ever gotten let go from a job. Um, so it, I feel like I really, it really took a hit to my ego in that way. Um, and I've been healing from it for a few weeks. But beyond just like the ego part, I, I felt really hurt about it because I just, I was working for this nonprofit for four months and 
I just felt like I dedicated so much of my time and my energy, um, whether it's time doing my work and fulfilling my tasks or just time outside of my work block where I was just thinking about my task and just being really dedicated in that way. And the relationship with my boss started to get kind of sour a few months in, but it started really sweet. So it was, you know, just like a really almost like drastic transition. And he would snap on me a lot. Um, and it just really would catch me off guard. And I started to feel like every time I would have to interact with him, there was just like this bitter energy that wasn't there when I first started. Um, and I was almost just waiting to like yell, get yelled at about something new every time we talked, but it just really felt like I was always trying my best and that I, I didn't really deserve to get yelled at the ways that um, I would. Um, and it just really felt like I was getting really mistreated. Um, and I never really knew how to navigate that. I would kind of just shut down, I guess. But now that I got fired, now that I look back on it, I'm just wishing that I would have stood up for myself in those moments. But there's a lot of times when I'm, you know, I've gotten mistreated and I don't really stand up for myself. And then just, I've just been contemplating quitting way before I got fired. But in a way, because I got fired instead of... Hello, sweetheart. You got cut off, but I didn't want to not address this. And I think I got the gist. I totally understand how this could be feeling really frustrating because, of course, you knew that the dynamic was not totally respectful. You knew you weren't being treated right, but you were just trying to get the job done. You were trying to work with integrity. You're just trying to pay your bills. And so that's why you stayed. So if you're feeling mad at yourself for having not said anything earlier or not having quit earlier, don't be because you were really just trying to take care of yourself and do the best that you could. And that's admirable. Now, that doesn't mean we can't learn from our experiences and know that the next time we're at a job, we will put up better boundaries or perhaps speak sooner or listen to those red flags. But we don't know that stuff until we have those experiences, right? Like, this is how we grow. We learn from what happens. So there's no point in going back and saying, oh, what happened was wrong, because it wasn't. It was part of your curriculum in your growth to your higher self, in knowing what you deserve, in feeling empowered. And your boss is just another person who is also on their own journey to their higher self, who also has wounds, who also probably has trauma, who also has been dealing with cultural conditioning that told them they're not enough, that they had to prove their worth, right? They're just another person on that path too. And... Even if you had said something earlier or had quit, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were even really in a place to see it from your perspective or to change or to look at themselves. It doesn't even really guarantee that because they're on their own journey and their journey is not your responsibility. And it's a good thing that you're no longer in that dynamic, that now you can move on. One thing that I found helpful when I am feeling like a grudge or grievance towards somebody who mistreated me or maybe towards a job. A practice that I found helpful was for 30 days to send a little 
prayer internally, wishing them healing, doing that once a day for 30 days, by the end of the 30 days, the grievance has drastically gone away. Because it allows you to see through the eyes of compassion that people are flawed, that we aren't aware until we are aware of the consequences of our behaviors and our choices. Who knows what that person was dealing with in their personal life? So when we get to the place within ourselves where our higher selves are and look through that lens of compassion, it's a lot easier for us to be like, okay, their stuff really didn't have anything to do with me. And my stuff doesn't have anything to do with them. And I don't have to hold on to this anymore. So it's fine to feel frustrated. It's fine to feel hurt from that experience. But that experience is not a referendum in your integrity and your skills and your ability and your worth. It was a job that served its purpose and is now over. I think you should be really proud of yourself for having done the best that you could at the time. I really do. You're obviously a caring person. You're obviously intelligent. And now you can channel that talent into a space that feels very much more reflective of what makes you feel good. So it's win-win, right? You're out of there. And that's actually what you really needed. Being on the path of our higher selves is so much about surrender. It's so much about letting us be guided to the people, places, and things that are teaching us how to more fully love and accept ourselves. Like that's all that's really happening. Every person that you meet, every experience you have is a lesson in how to more fully love and accept yourself for who you are. Even the mistakes that you've made, even the things that you weren't aware of yet, even the patterns that you developed out of coping strategies in order to be okay, like all of it. Our higher selves love every single part of us. And it's through that love that we're able to continue to unlearn, to have compassion for our journey and other people's journey, and to utilize our power to help transform our life and to transform all of humanity through our love. You're doing amazing. I left the voicemail earlier, but I feel this one more accurately accurately expresses how I'm feeling. So um, I grew up in a very uh, privileged, I had a privileged upbringing. I, like, I never had to worry about food. I never had to worry about, you know, my parents or any kind of, like, abusive situation. Um, so it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me why I feel like I don't deserve uh, success, specifically material success. I have a lot of blocks around that, um, and it could be because I feel like I haven't, um, you know, like I haven't had to really work to survive. I've worked, of course, but like I haven't worked, had to work to survive and support myself. But I feel like it's deeper than that. It could be because I'm programmed to think that um, only people who suffer greatly deserve success. Um, and by the way, I'm living in a creative, like a writing-based uh, career. And, um, you know, I haven't been having much success. 
I'm going to keep trying because this is what I love, but it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. And what I'm asking is, um, what are the things in myself that I need to, what, what are the questions I need to ask myself? Um, because it's very tricky because I always hear um, advice for people who didn't have such um, fortunate upbringing like me um, with their, you know, lack of mentality. But, I mean, I, I feel like I came from a, an upbringing of abundance, and um, I still have this lack of mentality. And thank you so much for everything you do. Again, bye. Hi, love. Well, you know, we were all raised in a culture that told us in order to be enough, we need to have certain accomplishments, certain possessions, certain traits. And so we were told that we're inherently lacking, that we had to prove our worth. So, of course, when we grew up in that conditioning, our brain is going to try to pinpoint the lack in order to solve it, to fulfill it. So right now you're focused on all of the things that you don't have and how do I get it? And also I don't have it because there's something wrong with me because I don't have the right perspective. But the perspective of lack is really a belief that you are inherently lacking. And this path is about healing that belief. But it's not going to come from getting the thing that you want, unfortunately. (laughs) That's not how we heal it. We heal it by knowing that right now we're enough. Right now we're not lacking. Right now we are abundant in who we are. Your goals in your career are important, but they're not going to give that to you. They might do it temporarily. You might have a point in your life where you reach that goal and you're like, yes, all right, I'm enough. I did it right. I'm successful. And then, I don't know, maybe a month later, You'll be like, what's next? Oh, well, I don't have that. I need that. So this whole like spiritual self-help rhetoric about attracting abundance, that is true on a certain level because we really do need to know that we're worthy of it. But the path of being on your higher self is also acknowledging that there are real societal conditions. There is real inequity in our world. And there are a lot of people who absolutely believe that they are abundant, who love themselves, and who live in conditions that are not reflective of that because of the circumstances in which they were born, because of where they're living. So it's not just about believing you're worthy of it. It's about participating in transforming the beliefs of the world. When you connect to your higher self, you're claiming your worth, but you're also claiming the worth of everybody else. And you become a participant in the transformation of consciousness on the planet. You have a higher purpose. When you acknowledge that, when you acknowledge your own power, you see that your career and your passions and your gifts are about something much bigger than you. And so, yes, part of the story is you are somebody who is very passionate about what you do and you want to reach your goals. That's totally part of the story. But there's a whole other part of the story where you acknowledge that you have a much higher purpose than that. And your healing is connected 
to everyone else's. It's connected to the healing of the planet. And every time you tell yourself you're enough, every time you use your creativity, every time you do your passion and honor yourself, you're also opening the door for somebody else to be inspired, for somebody else to be creative, for somebody else to love themselves and who they are. So your work is about something much deeper. And I think that that's how we have to train our minds to show up. Like you come to work, yes, to reach a certain goal, but you also come to work, do what you love, because that's part of the transformation of your consciousness and the transformation of the consciousness of the planet. And I know that seems kind of woo-woo, but that's actually what's happening. Every time you show up in your worth, you're raising your consciousness, which is inherently connected to the consciousness of all beings. So yes, you are deserving of abundance. Everybody is. Everybody is. And that's the wisdom and the power that keeps you going. The acknowledgement that you're no better or no worse than anybody else. And that you're here to share your gifts and to show up with love. Your job is actually way more important than you thought. So I hope that that helps. I know it's not a how-to on how to meet all your career goals, but it's definitely a how-to on how to love yourself right now, no matter what happens. Because our world is a roller coaster and we cannot depend on the systems of the world in, in order to give us fulfillment. We just can't. They're not stable. They're not. The only thing that is truly stable is our oneness with our higher selves and our oneness with all other higher selves. That is where we get our strength. That's where we access our wisdom. And that's where we access our strength. Okay, you're doing great. <laughs> you're not lacking. You got this. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Remember to keep sending in your questions. We definitely need them. They can be emails, voice memos, voicemail. Just so you know, though, if you do record a voicemail on our number, there's a three-minute limit. So if you feel like you might go over that, record a voice memo. It might make it a lot easier for you. Um, I hope that you're taking care of yourself, honoring yourself, honoring your joy, the joy of just being who you are. You really deserve it. I love you so much, and so does your higher self. I'll see you next time. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. 